Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Kyle here. The You Know I Got So In Stereo podcast is back. We are now on episode 43, and I've got Tom and Ed with me. What's going on, guys? What's up, player? What's up, man? Glad to talk R&B once again. Yep. I want to first give a quick shout-out to Biggie Smalls. We celebrated his birthday a couple of days ago, and man, I was looking back at some of Biggie's you know, songs and, you know, the one song that always stood out to me because we talk about R&B is his verse on the 112 song, Only You. Crazy. First of all, just a slight correction. It wasn't his birthday. It was his death day. So oh my goodness, was it? Kyle. My bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so like, we got to get, get the goat straight because, as everyone <laughs> knows, Biggie is, like, who I live for and he has been without question to me the greatest hip-hop artist of all time if you disagree at me and i will fight you online but that's just facts so and again i agree with you i spent the past two days just re-listening to all of his verses including that 112 joint so and his verse on total as well so oh what a such a lost talent player i all your favorite rappers would be working at ups if that man was still around I got to be honest, I didn't revisit any Biggie music, <laughs> but <laughs> I did observe one thing. It seemed that we had a lot more fanfare for the, his 20th anniversary of his passing than there were for, for Tupac. Maybe I just noticed that, or maybe it's just because I'm here in New York City. But did you guys notice that? I noticed, I would say there was more fanfare for Biggie. There was a lot of fanfare for Pac. Um, as I'm on record with my disdain for a lot of Pac hype, but... No, he is still influential, and there was definitely some love shown. But I will agree, everybody came out for Big's yeah. 20th year celebration, as they should. Right, for sure. Well, I mean, with with Pac, he gets celebrated every day. It doesn't even have to be the 20th anniversary. Like, you go on the streets right now, somebody's going to be talking about how influential Pac was. So I guess that's what the difference is. Really? Yeah, I have to agree. I don't. I don't see that at all. What are you talking about? Maybe it's, I really? mean, and again, you have to remember your locale, so, you know, they're going to sell Biggie's freaking that Jesus could be there, it. but, but no, Pac gets lots of love, especially to our, shout out to our West Coast listeners, because I'm sure that they can relate to that. Pac is their Jesus over there. True. Yep. Now, um, of course, Faith Evans is going to be putting out her duets album with Biggie. We've heard a couple of songs on there. What are you guys expecting on this album? Like, Take like because you know obviously there have been a couple of Biggie albums that have come out after his death. How do you guys listen to those albums? Do you guys listen to it as a Biggie album or is it just you know more for fun for you guys? Well, yeah, it's got to be for fun. I have been waiting for this project for years now, and I am very very excited about it. Most of the songs have just been okay. There was a song with Faith and Snoop, I think, that I really liked, but the one with Jada Kiss was all right. But a lot of times I think it's unfair because people compare these kind of mashup albums with old vocals, basically, to the classic material. And you cannot do that. You cannot compare this to Life After Death or Ready to Die because he wasn't even here to co-sign what was created. So just look at it as a fun tribute. And if the music's good, the music's good. I feel like for me... The way they could take it to the next level is if there's any unreleased verses on there from Big. I don't know if there are any left in the vault, but, man, imagine we heard, we haven't heard any of this stuff in over 20 years. It was never released, and we have some on this album. 
I expect there might be a, a couple, but I don't think there's much left that we haven't heard, so we'll just have to see. No, I think mm-hmm. at this point did it and milked that cow dry. If there was some yeah. money to be made, he would have pumped that out by now. So Remember the Born Again album? Oh, I remember it. <laughs> the Adam with cash I money on the song. I remember that thing. Big and cash oh, money and on the song. And that's exactly that what I remember. Which you, my God. <laughs> Biggest mashup in between those mumbling. Oh, I'm chilling. I'm chilling today. I'm chilling. I'm behaving. <laughs> well, I'm sure we're going to uh, talk more about Diddy later on in this podcast. But wanted to talk about some other things. Some more current events. Now, we're talking about, Tom, you talk about how New York praises Biggie all the time, and Ed was saying how much California praises Pac. Well, this man praises himself, Tyrese. He uh, <laughs> recently, recently he was on Instagram, and he left a comment for Joe saying something like, hey, I lost your number, text me. And that got me to thinking, what if, because obviously TGT is on their hiatus right now. I don't know if they're together or not. But it seemed like a lot of the turmoil was between Tyrese and Genuine. So what if Tyrese kicks Genuine out of the group and puts Joe in it and then we get TJT? Wouldn't that be something? Mm. Wouldn't that be something? First of I all, mean... why if you needed somebody's <laughs> number, you're going to go on Instagram and stunt? Because like you player, you, you're clearly doing that to get people talking and being like, what is this about? If you wanted his number, you could have got it in a list, a more discreet way. So, dude, stop fronting yeah, Instagram. But a that's DM, all Tyrese. A, a DM for starters. <laughs> for starters, like a normal human being. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't know if it would work. Joe just doesn't seem the type that would fit well with a group. I mean, then again, Tyrese doesn't either. So, it's who who knows at this point. But, I mean, I could see a I'm nice more... duet from them, like you know, uh, kind of the whole faded pictures with Joe and Case. I could kind of see something like that. As far as a group member, I don't know how well Tyrese plays with others. Ask genuine. I'm more interested to see, like, commercially, how well that would do if you take out genuine and you put in Joe. Because obviously, I would say right now Joe is the more He's the more visible artist. You know, he's on Urban AC. He just topped that chart a couple of weeks ago. But, of course, Genuine has Pony, and he can literally perform that anywhere in the world. So I don't know how yep. all of that would translate in terms of success and, and charting and all that stuff. Hmm. I mean, Genuine has kind of shot himself in, in the foot on his own by just not really releasing anything for, what has it been, over five years now, almost six I mean, he's just kind of faded from relevance in terms of new material. I mean, the classics will always be the classics, and Joe has classics, too, that he always can perform. But in terms of new music and being active in that regard, we don't even know what genuine, if he still has a potential. His interviews with you have proven that he just doesn't have the desire to keep making music anyway. So who knows, you know, the quality you're going to get from him. But Joe just seems to still be on top of his game. The results stand for themselves, so it will be interesting. Yep. And it seems like Pony is still... I don't know. Pony seems even bigger than it was 20 years ago now. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Because it's Weird. a true classic. And that's kind of like the definition of a classic. A song that can disappear for five years and then come back because it was in Magic Mike or whatever. Some random movie and then it's rediscovered and 
gets life of its own. That's the definition of a classic. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a couple of uh, new releases that are coming out. Um, obviously, last week we talked about Kevin Ross. I'll be reviewing that album um, sometime soon, so I don't want to spoil that one. But another album that's coming out is another VA artist, Trey Song's Tremaine album. This release has been kind of weird. Uh, just based on what I've seen from Trey in the past, usually how it goes is he'll have a hit or two, and then they'll push the album, and then the album will come out, and he'll do great. But this time around, I don't think he even song. Ha I don't think he even has a song at radio. He's pushed. He's put out a couple of songs on the internet, but nothing at radio. It's kind of weird. When I well, see stuff like that happens, it makes me wonder about the quality of the project. If it's not like a solid single, even if it's a solid single that just doesn't get buzzed. But, like, no single at all, unless I totally missed something. I have not seen a single at all that has started at all. Um, I'm wondering what is on this actual album, because I was not a fan of that last mixtape. So, I don't know, player. It's looking shaky for Tremaine. What is the song, Trey Songs, Push It On Me? Oh, that's that Kevin Hart song. song. Who? <laughs> It's with Kevin Hart. It's, it's oh okay oh whoops never mind that's on the charts but I guess that's not even his song. No, uh, that was on the uh, soundtrack. <clears throat> What's interesting though is this. Uh, I guess you want to call it reality TV Playboy thing he's pushing out. I mean, every week yep. he has a video, and, and every week it is getting posted on pretty much every website. So I'm curious to see how much viral traction that's going to get him, and if that's equal to having a hit on radio. I mean, do his fans even listen to radio at this point? You know, I, it's who knows. I mean, radio is still going to be huge, but I'm curious to see if this will help the process at all by doing these online videos. I don't know. But it's weird to me because you would think that you would be able to tie these online videos into the album release. So when the album does drop in, you know, in a few days, we're talking a few days as of this recording. That way, not only are you pushing your little raggedy dating show, but then you also have some <laughs> hype going into it, leading into your album. We kind of saw that with um, with BBD in their album when they had the new edition story, and they were leading up to that. And then, oh, by the way, this Friday, we got an album out. But I don't feel like Trey is even doing that. He's just focused on the show. So again, that tells me what's on this album that you aren't even hyped about telling the world about. Well, you know what? I saw on Twitter, this was a really interesting quote, and I think this is going to lead to uh, a discussion moving forward. Somebody said, with the inclusion of people like Party Next Door and Bryson Tiller, it's kind of made Trey Songs dated. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, well, but I mean, that's <laughs> that's how the industry moves. It's just, that is the prominent sound right now. That, And you know how I feel about that sound, but that's the prominent sound. Trey still has his sound. He hasn't really turned it into that new sound. So, unfortunately, we label him dated and old. And, you know, it bothers me. A little off track, a little side tangent from your boy here. I It really bothers me that hip-hop especially, and now we're seeing this with R&B, that we never showed the love for our legends that other genres do. It's like if you are four years behind the curve, Oh, you're washed up and old. Get out of here, old man. But then you have artists like the Eagles who are like 100 years old, still selling out and still doing the thing and still releasing songs. 
Why don't we show these people love? And Trey Songz is no old man. Just because he's not whining an auto-tune yet. (laughs) I think it's, you know what, my observation on that is it's like, this style of music, for whatever reason, there's like this hate hate culture that's built into it. And I feel like a lot of it is built up within the music because people are bragging so much. And then once you're, you know, if you're bragging and then you're not on top anymore, it's like you're whack. So it's like I almost feel like the whole culture breeds itself. And that's where we're at now, unfortunately, in, 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 you know, in music. And it's really pretty crappy. If you ever look at Instagram comments, there's so many haters out there. Like even RRL is a friend of ours and he gets hate. For for no reason apparently. I mean, he's not out there bothering anyone. He posts pictures of his his new child, and he's getting hated on. It's just like remember that picture we saw, Kyle. Someone posted it was a, it was a picture of RL. Uh, I think Jay Holiday and, and who was it, Bobby V. And someone said, "What is this? The washed yep. up reunion tour?" It was just like uh, a shame. What is? <laughs> I mean, I mean, damn. People and then, just and then somebody also mistaken Jay Holiday for uh, Joel Santana. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, actually hilarious. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, but man. I'm just saying that's my observation on that. Yep. I mean, it's um, a great but, point, you know, but it's so annoying. Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, Motown singer LaPortia Renee made some headlines. She has an album coming out too, right, Tom? Yep, uh, March 31st. March 31st. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with her, she came second on American Idol, and she also has a song on Urban AC right now. So she's you know getting ready to push her album, and she made some headlines in the news where, where she said that um, you know she was homosexual for two years, and she decided that she wanted to be straight. So now she's straight again. And obviously, we don't want to get into the whole sexual preference and, and all of that. That's up to whoever. That, that's their life. But, like, man, this is, this is their promo nowadays. This is how we have to get promo for R&B artists. Well, uh, to be real, and now let me pull back the curtain a little bit for our listeners. Because, to be honest, I had no idea who this woman was until, like, 20 minutes ago. Until we were comparing notes. And I was like, Oof. who is this chick? But it's... And to her, to in her defense, I am out, well out of the American Idol demographic. So do your thing, boo. <laughs> but my point is, is sex has always sold going all the way back. But that has always kind of been like, you know, an addition to their music. But unfortunately, it seems like now, like that's the conversation we're talking about. This woman's sexual preference, and the same people writing think pieces and talking about her preference. Probably can't name one song. I mean, I do this for a living. I can't name one song the child has had. So it's sad that the conversation about preference is the dominating factor instead of being like, oh, did you hear that Adina Howard song? She's a freak. The song hot, though, because at least I heard the song. See, it's like the difference that we're having now, and we are missing the actual point, which is the freaking music. I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to comment on this one. I don't know if it was for promo. I, I'm not going to assume it was meant for promo to like get her press, but you know, I've, I'm just not going to comment. Sorry, guys. Well, she, well, no, she did listen, apologize. Safe on this one. <laughs> well, she did apologize on Twitter. She said it was all a misunderstanding. But Tom, I know you want to apologize as well for some things you've done some wrong recently. 
have an apology. <laughs> I need to. I need to issue an, a public apology, guys. So one of our our listeners, we talked about TLC the last podcast, and one of our listeners called us out and mentioned because we were saying TLC wasn't giving any updates on the progress of the album. Well, I was corrected and uh, told that there were updates being given out for anyone who uh, uh, paid money to the Kickstarter campaign. So there were updates coming out about the album. My problem with that is, and my response is, well, no one notified anyone in the media because there were certainly no headlines about any of this. No one seemed to know anything except for the people that, I guess, paid the money. So that's my response, but I didn't mean any harm. We love TLC. Looking forward to the new album. You know, one of the greatest groups of all time. So uh, sorry if we offended anyone. Wait, yeah, you're telling me that... Some... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. You're telling me... Didn't I say in the last podcast that I that I did donate money for that Kickstarter? Yep. So I should know about Uh-oh. this. Uh, <laughs> I was thank you for beating me to my point, Kyle. I talked to um a, maybe uh, a reader or two as well who made that same point that Tom just did, and my point was what Kyle just did is I'm not sure that this message got out as clearly as as some readers got. And I don't think, I definitely think they're being honest when they're telling this. But again, if you are asking people for money to contribute to a project, I need you to be a little bit more vocal in what's going on. And I'm not saying that they're just taking the money and running off with it, but you need to know that that investment is going in the right place just for the livelihood and sake of your fans to keep them engaged in this project. So... That's on TLC and them. That's not on us because we didn't know. Because to be honest, if we didn't know, 90% of the world didn't know. So that's on them. Shout out to TLC. We love them to death. But y'all got to talk up. <laughs> I'm going to have to check my uh, my spam mail to see if all my TLC updates are oh, in there. Man. So I'll oh, man. Oh, good. I'll keep you guys posted on that. To, to be fair, though, I, I did check the Kickstarter site they have set up, and I did see the updates. I just don't know if anyone expected that we should have been on there looking for them or if they sent those out in email. I, I just have no idea. Regardless, hmm. if this is well, Tommy, if you want to contribute to the campaign and you feel safe and you're happy that the word is being leaked out slowly or you're getting these magic spam emails, cool. Like, good for <laughs> you. Keep on donating. But I don't think the rest of us should be like resting on our laurels we want to know where the music at so good for y'all but again i didn't put dollars to it so this is y'all fight not mine i got bills to pay <laughs> yep. hey tom there's this song that yeah. i keep hearing on radio and ed you as well this ed sheeran song shape of you it's like playing every other minute do you guys like that song you're just trying to get me fired up now aren't you man <laughs> i i I thought Ed Sheeran was one of the last true musicians we had left. And then I heard this song at the gym. I thought he I thought it was like a copy of another beat that was that was already from a song that was on pop radio and I was like, Man, this is Ed Sheeran. Why is he doing this? Why is he dumbing it down? And then the worst part is I'm on my Instagram, my personal account, and I see some of my friends posting that they're actually liking the song and they're my age, you know, mid thirties. I'm like, damn. People really have no control over over the quality of music anymore. They just go for whatever is, sounds catchy. So I'm just disappointed in Ed Sheeran. I know he's a huge artist. He's made some good songs. But damn, why did he have to go trendy? Well, now let, let your boy slide in here. Because I actually have listened to the album and have the album. Now, I'm not that 
big of a fan of Shape of You. I don't. It doesn't disgust me as much as it does Tom. But I'm I was kind of like, I'm disgusted. I can tell, player. <laughs> I was like, why is he doing a Drake song? Like, I was just kind of uh with it. But there are better songs on the album that I like. And although this isn't his best album, it's fine. It's solid. It's one of the better ones I've heard. And when we're March, I guess I maybe put it top five for now. But it's an okay album from an artist who has given us better before. But it just goes to show that no matter how big the artist, you just got to start following the trends. And that's what really disappoints me about music these days. Because Ed Sheeran is one of those artists who should be setting trends, not following them. Right. And that was JB my was point. all right, though. My point was... No, and I can't argue was... with you there. My point was, isn't he above the trends? Like, is is anyone safe at this point? You know, it's crazy. Clearly not. Clearly not. <laughs> because Ed Sheeran well, is an to... artist that should be able to do what he wants and then drop it and off of his name should at least get spins. Like, yeah. he shouldn't have to do what everybody else does, but he's doing it and it's blowing up. So the record labels are happy. Shout out to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, th- there is one pop artist who is doing their own thing. I think I told you guys earlier in the week, but my girl Ariana Grande, who has disappointed me to great amounts with her last two albums after coming oh, out God, so strong yes. with her debut. She is going. She's actually in the studio right now with VA's very own Pharrell and Chad Hugo, the Neptunes, which is random, but it's happening. If she can take it back to that first album, I will be a very happy man. If she's squeaking and sounding like a strangled kitten on some Neptune beats, again, player, please, you can keep it. Keep that thing locked up in VA. Yeah, but for me, I'm not mad at Ariana Grande as an outside observer because, to me, she was always a pop artist, not one who ever wrote her own material. She could sing a little bit, but, like, her, she has tons of hits now. I mean, it seems to be working, so... I mean, one of the biggest I mean, artists sister out right went, now. Your sister went to her concert twice in a row. My so. sister head-shakingly went to back-to-back concerts. I guess it was that important. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So it seems to be working, regardless of what the album sounds like. Ed, I don't think you're part of her target audience anyway. No, I'm clearly not playing. So y'all can have that and have fun with it. But don't be atting me talking about, hey, review this album because it's hot. It shortly <laughs> is not. But we'll see because she does have, we do know that she can, she has a voice and when she's actually singing and not doing whatever it is she's doing on the radio these days, she can put out great songs. So maybe Pharrell and Chad can rail her in, but I'm skeptical. Yep. And then just one more note about the Neptunes that we, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, they're uh, working with Justin Timberlake as well on his upcoming project, um, he actually did an interview explaining um, what the sound of his album is going to be like. Um, Tom, you had mentioned he was going to kind of stray away from R&B, and it seems to be true. He's claiming that this music is going to be very Southern. I don't know what that means so, yet, but I'm assuming he's going <laughs> country. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a fan of country, if I remember correctly. Plus... We found an artist who's above the trends right there, I feel like, Justin Timberlake. We always praise him for kind of setting the trends and coming with a different sound. So there you go. But I've always been waiting for his return to a more popular sound. So maybe this is the time. 
As long as it's not like the troll song, y'all can have that one. I was not <laughs> a fan of the troll song at all. Yep. Man. Um, now, to get into our uh, special topic for today or our, 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 you know, our, our special discussion, I want to bring it back. I forgot to mention that, you know, along with the TJT, TGT thing, I, I had mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that Tyrese is working on a rap album as well. And on Instagram not too long ago, he recorded a video clip of himself in the studio with Snoop Dogg and Corrupt. Like that makes any sense at all. What's up? Well, it makes sense technically. It's, he, he's worked with the Dog Pound dudes before, but I mean, I don't know why he is so bent on making this black tie thing happen. It's not popping, player. Do what you do best, which is singing. Not that weird whatever he was doing on that Nobody Else song. I from what some of them get to. <laughs> Live by the na-na, you die by the na-na. Like, no. But Tom, isn't that the problem? As Ed mentioned, you know, Tyrese should stick to singing and the rappers should stick to rapping. But it's 2017 and everyone's doing a little bit of everything. Um, well, for him, I almost feel like it's an ego thing, you know. It wasn't fully embraced the first time, but damn it, I'm going to make it work this time because it has to work. That's exactly it. (laughs) You nailed it, player. (laughs) So, we'll see. Boy, it's not looking good for 2017 and these albums I'm reviewing because I don't think that I'm going to be giving out too many five-star reviews this year, the way this podcast is going. <laughs> Man. So, Tom, what what is the special topic for uh, this week? All right. Before that, we got we to gotta check in with our Milk Carton edition of the podcast. Yes. Shout out to... The milk Carton edition. <laughs> drum roll, please. Drum roll. Jesse Powell. And, uh, you know... I was doing Jesse a little. Ser- I was doing a little searching around the uh, the, the uh, internet, and uh, I noticed Ed's article on Jesse Powell. Whatever happened to Jesse Powell? So I did a post on him on the site, one of his rarer songs that uncovered. But Ed, man, you couldn't find him about. I think it was about seven years ago. You wrote the article, and I still haven't been able to find him since then. So where is this guy? That article is insane. That's one of my most popular pieces ever. And it's weird. It's been seven years and like people are commenting on that article daily. It's like he literally fell into the um, abyss and no one can just find him. No one knows where dude is. So if you are listening or you Jesse Powell's grandma or someone out here listening, let us know that he's breathing because no one on the Internet knows where homie is. It's insane. You know who would probably know where he is? Our boy, uh, DJ Soulchild. I bet Jesse Powell's wandering out there in, like, Sweden or something like that, or Denmark (laughs) in the street. I'm serious. Just like Horace Brown. (laughs) It's possible. If If anybody has a photo with Jesse Powell and Horace Brown, it's the homie Soulchild. (laughs) So... We'll have to see. Maybe one of our listeners has has knows some information. We'll check back in, but we'll update on the next podcast if we get anything. Please do. I will write a on- update piece because that's this is such a pressing issue. It's been almost ten years since I wrote that, and people are still looking for this guy. 
Wow. Who else is on the milk carton? So we have Jesse Powell. Wait, hold on. Obviously, we have Magoo. You got you to gotta wait till the next podcast. Well, maybe we'll do a, a, you right. know, a weekly milk carton edition. Oh, man. We're going to have to pull up the so in stereo what happened to uh, tag and go through each post. Yep. I like it. It's a bunch of them, player. Yep. This will be like one of those things with like lost connections and stuff. We're gonna we're gonna like be reuniting artists with families and stuff through this podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so so getting back on track, this week's topic is ready for this? Hip hop yep. needs to leave R and B alone. And why hmm. why do I make that statement? Because Ed's article inspired me that he wrote talking about two thousand six was the last banner year for hip hop and R and B. You know, just thinking about when R&B used to be the the bigger genre and then hip-hop surpassed it. So, Ed, talk about that article that you wrote a little bit. Well, it's an article that I had hoped really to get out in 2016, which would have been 10-year anniversary. But as a reviewer and just a fan and someone who has kept his finger on the pulse of hip-hop and R&B for forever, like my whole life, I feel like 2006 was the last year where we got quality on both sides of the table. And we've, of course, had good years since then. But there hasn't been a year that really changed the direction of both genres like 2016. And we saw it with Justin Timberlake's album, which kind of introduced the electronic sound to R&B, for, uh, really for better and for worse. But that's another conversation. Um, we also saw a lot of change of the guard in, in hip-hop. We just saw the sounds intersect. We saw Beyonce put out what I still think is her best album. Neo go from songwriter to superstar. Mary J. Blige come back out and show y'all that she's still the queen. Prince came back with an R&B album. It's just headliners from top to bottom. Just great music. Tamia had a great album. And I think that 2006, looking back, really, really set the course. But by 2007, 2008, Things started to drift, and we've never really recovered and gotten those heights again. So, I mean, you really got to think if that was the beginning of the downward spiral, are we ever going to get back to where it was? And we've debated this time and time again. But what I really want to get into is how did how did hip-hop surpass R&B as the superior genre? I mean, what was the tipping point? I think to me, the tipping point, and this is just my professional opinion, is in the late 90s, early 2000s, because hip hop it's hard to imagine it now, but hip hop was niche for like most of my childhood. Like mm-hmm. it was the sound. And I remember old people being like, oh, I can't wait till this hip hop fad is over. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. This ain't going to last but much longer. But hip hop just grew to the point where record executives saw unlike R&B hip hop became a cultural it had a cultural impact R&B yeah. had an impact on culture but not to that effect of hip hop and a lot of people came in and realized the money that could be made and I think over from the early 2000s going into the mid 2000s and really around 05, 06 and definitely 07 in the rise of ringtone rap and then later on trap and everything else. I think the record execs realized how they could control the sound and that has really hurt it. And with hip hop and R&B always being so married, 
all the way going back, like to the creation of hip hop, R and B has always been intertwined with it to some point. I think with marrying those two and record labels coming in saying, okay, we can make hip hop this dominant sound and we can influence the sound. R and B kind of got edged out slowly but surely. It kept getting edged out, kept getting edged out, kept getting edged out to the point where R&B as we know it, especially in 2006, became dated. And for R&B to keep up with hip hop, it had to become hip hop. And that's why, as we were talking about earlier, we've now got R&B artists rapping because in order for their sound to keep up with the dominant hip hop, they had to become hip hop. And pop has done this a little bit, too. A lot of pop singers, even Ed Sheeran, who I love, a lot of his lyrics sound kind of hip hop because he's almost rapping his lyrics. Well put. So, Kyle, I mean, do you? I, we've talked about this before, you know, kind of how the, the the lineage of music and how others like Chris, like not Chris Brown, but Usher has followed his, you know, the greats of the past and so on and so forth. But now it's almost like R&B is is copying hip hop and it's like that's why it, yep. that's why we're in this where we're at now. So instead of like copying the R&B greats of the past, now we're copying the current hip hop acts. And I feel like that's why yeah. I'm saying hip hop needs to leave R&B alone. So what can be done about that? I mean, Kyle, uh, what do you how do you see it? Cuz a lot of your your favorite artists that you grew up on are now caught in that mix. What can be done? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because as Ed was uh, going through his list of 2006 albums, I actually just went on Wikipedia and tried to search up when T-Pain came into the mix. Oh, boy. And, I mean, his debut came out in 2005. But his second album, which I think really, you know, turned him into, you know, a star was in 2007. And, I mean, that's after 2006, and that was, like, the beginning of the ringtone era. So Mm -hmm. I think that probably played a big uh, part in it. But, I mean, in in terms of what you're saying, like, I agree. Like, I think the problem isn't necessarily... I mean, obviously, my generation is my generation, and they're just trying to hold on for dear life. But as I look at the younger generation, and you think about who they were listening to when they were growing up, I don't know if they were listening to traditional R&B. Like, I listen to interviews with some of the newer rappers they look up to people like gucci and young jeezy so of course they're not going to know anything about michael jackson and prince and stevie wonder it's it's a generational thing i don't think they even listen to biggie like who was it and who was the uh rapper that said that which rapper was it that said they never grew up on biggie that piece of garbage oozy vert don't get me (laughs) he's not worth my breath <laughs> I mean, his kool-aid died braids right good god but so i mean, I mean you have so a I mean, great point is it the newer artists is it their fault yeah well it's not their, is it their fault? fault i mean i don't know like did but i think that if you take your craft seriously anybody who takes their craft seriously needs to study the past and study the greats and that's just, yep. I mean, it's any walk of life. Like, no matter what kind of job you have. When I took my current job, I did research before I got the interview. And I saw how people did it before me. And when I got the job, I researched people that I looked up to in the industry to kind of see where they were so I could get better. The only way you get better is by studying 
people who did it before you and then applying that to your current craft. That's why we still have some young artists like a Ro James who will say, you know, I was inspired by Prince and I was inspired by this and I was inspired by that because those are true artists. Now, you got little Uzi Verts who, oh, I heard a Drake song that I liked and was like, I can do this. And because he's mimicking the current sound and he just happened to have a lot of Instagram followers, he was able to blow up. But whatever, that's another conversation. I think that no, I, well, it behooves I, no, younger I think that's artists. The problem. Well, yeah, but it behooves that's, younger that's artists to look for look toward the past and see where the music has come from. I have had so many people because most of you all know that, like I in my community, I work with a lot of young people. I have youth groups, and when the new edition movie came out. Oh my God. Ever since then, like these kids are doing it. If it isn't love dance, they're running around here singing all of new edition songs. Now, before that movie, if I mentioned new edition, Oh, Mr. Edward, you and your old man music. Oh, here you go. But when they see actual talent music, that's timeless, it captivates them. And it's up to younger artists. If you want to be good, I'm not saying steal them. But learn from what made them hot. These dudes shape music, so follow that path. And we aren't having that happen, and that's why the sound is being lost. Well, that that is the problem, though, for two reasons. One, no one gives a crap about shaping the culture or maintaining the culture. And number two, trying to be like Stevie Wonder is not going to get you to be a hot artist right now. It's just going to put you in the mix with the other tons of artists who can sing great but can't make it because it's not popular so that's i don't see how that's ever going to change though i mean well i don't see how it's going to change under the current system because not only that no the reason why people aren't copying stevie is because there's only one stevie and most people can't sing like him that's why when you look at these award shows when they have people sing tributes you got to go drag out maxwell you got to drag out tyrese you don't ever have any artists from this current generation because they don't have the ability to sing like that. And I'm not saying that there aren't artists who can because we definitely know there are. But so many major artists are created by this industry can sound that the labels have. Right now, it's the trap sound, even for R&B. You don't have to be a Stevie singer to do that. I can almost do that myself. So <laughs> it's all about swag and being able to mimic it, but not able to actually give the output. So well, that's the way ahead, I look Kyle. at it right now. It, it It's sort of like the blind leading the blind right now. Um, you have the record executives, as Ed mentioned, they're trying to monetize on the music as much as they can. You have the artists who, you know, they, they make their music. I don't know how much direction they get from management or even if they have management or if it's their homies. And, you know, they put out their songs and you have fans encouraging them like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. So there is no direction, I think, as opposed to back in the day when people actually cared about the music. You know, I think that's what made music so successful and R&B so great was that people actually cared. Nowadays, everyone is just looking for the instant buck. I. I always have to come back to the, uh, yeah, I always come back to the consumer. It just bothers me so much when I see grown folks my age or older turning up to this kitty music just because they want to be hip. It annoys the crap out of me. And if that continues to happen. You you nailed it because we can't blame because 
I, I get so annoyed like, when I see all these think pieces about why R&B died. And if you said R&B died, obviously you have never clicked on you know I got soul.com. You have never been to soulandstereo.com because we know R&B is not dead. So stay off the think pieces. But all these pieces are always blaming this for killing R&B or this for killing R&B and that for killing R&B. And it's not because all you have to do as the consumer, you have so much power. Spend your money, spend your clicks and streams on artists who are actually doing it for real. For every party next door, there is a Legacy and a Jasmine Sullivan and a Roe James and all these artists who are putting out great, phenomenal albums. Eric Benet, all these people had great albums in the past two years. And you go on Twitter and be like, well, when was the last time Eric Benet had a song? Three months <laughs> ago. <laughs> So spend your money and time on artists of quality. Don't just whine about how R&B isn't good like it was in the 90s. Now let me turn up this party next door. You get what you pay for. You know I got sold.com and soulandstereo.com. What is this, the washed up reunion? (laughs) (laughs) Player, don't be hating on the talent. That's all I'm telling them. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, just quickly, guys, um, I'm going to name out a couple of artists, and you're going to tell me if they hurt R&B or if they didn't hurt R&B. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You guys ready for this? I can, Uh-oh. but... All right. Number number one is Ja Rule. I don't think he hurt R&B at all. Uh, well... You know, I've made the debate that he has simply because it proved that anyone could be, can sing on radio and it could be popular. And it just kind of opened the door for the others behind him that couldn't sing either. And then suddenly everyone was singing and no one really cared about the quality of the vocals anymore. So once we accepted no no quality vocals, it was like no turning back. That was my opinion. I do think that that happened later on. I don't know if I would really tag that with Jaw because there were other, like, I mean, artists have been, rappers have been kind of sort of singing on stuff forever. Ja was the one, the ones I was like, okay, why are you singing? You sound like a goat. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I would lay that at his feet. Now, he, I mean, if we talk hip hop, I might be a little bit more, um, <laughs> a little bit more stringent. But R and B, I'll give him a pass. All right. Uh, next one we have is Pretty Ricky. Oof. I, I don't blame them for it. I don't blame them. I mean, it was it was rappers and one singer. Yeah, like so, they mean, they were horrible rappers, but you know, I felt like they were a fusion of rap and hip hop. I do see where you're going with that, but I mean, Pleasure P was fine. Everybody else did spectacular, and them did their horrible rap. So whatever. I don't. I wouldn't blame them either. They get a pass too. I feel like I'm letting these dudes off easy. All right. <laughs> yep. All right. We got two more for you. Drake. Uh, I, For me, he like came in. It's like <laughs> after like everything already got blown up, it's like he came in and capitalized on it. It's like he came in and set up shop. Like nothing, you know, it was like there was no filter anymore on any of this of the quality of the vocals. It was like, all right, now I'm here to capitalize on it. And he did. He took notes, and he did. Player, you took the words out of my mouth. The the 
the ground had been scorched by the time that dude rolled <laughs> yeah. in. So he just came in, stopped, dropped, shut him up, shot. Like he just, he's good. So, yeah. and yeah. the thing is, he's not horrible. I've heard him okay, but oh my gosh, I have never seen an artist so popular who phones it in so much, but people hype it to death. I've heard him okay on songs, but half the time it's like, how did this even get greenlit out of the studio? <laughs> yep. Uh, I got two more for you guys. Uh, mentioned him earlier, T Pain. Come on, you guys got to say yes on this one. Oh, yeah, I'm saying yes on this one. <laughs> I'm pinning it on this dude. Yes. And the thing that pisses me off about T Pain before y'all run up in my mentions, because I know what's going to happen. Yes, I know he can sing. And I have always known that he could sing. But instead, he, re- he relied on that stupid gimmick. And then he encouraged everybody else that it was okay to like pretend to sing doing the Roger Troutman thing. And to me, if you want to blame somebody for the downfall of R&B and rap, that is the one you need to point your finger at. Yeah, it's it bigger kind than of one opened, artist, but that's the yeah. one who opened Pandora's box on it. It kind of opened the floodgates, but I almost look like it. Look at it like if it wasn't him, it would have been someone else who did it. So why not T Pain? <laughs> well, he's easy to, easy to blame so I'm blaming him <laughs> alright and the very last one just because we haven't mentioned him in this podcast yet Usher Raymond oh come on <laughs> I knew it was coming I knew it oh man uh, um, no we'll leave him alone I, I wouldn't no, know was, no I can't I have no beef with Usher until he put out that album last year. Unless we're talking about Hard to Love, then I'll leave him alone. But we're talking about that album, then I got the thing, flames the, for days. The way I look at Usher is he always w- just wanted to be a global pop star. So it's almost like he just went in the lane he needed to to, to be in that realm. So if anything, he abandoned R&B. I wouldn't say he helped bring it down, though. That's the way I look at it. Agreed. He jumped off the ship. He jumped off the ship while it was drowning. So but that, that's yeah. yeah. It's like it's like the Titanic <laughs> when they only had like a certain amount of of lifeboats to hand out, and he yeah he got in one of those early, and the rest yeah, went down. He stole it and went on, <laughs> blasting Master P as he swims away. That's what happened. Oh jeez. Oh, that song makes my skin crawl. <laughs> All right, you you ready for my new feature that I'm unrolling this this time around? It's quick. We ready? Yep. I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. It's called the album title challenge. I'm gonna name okay. an album title oh, from geez. the '90s, and you gotta tell me which artist that was that put that album out. Oh, it, okay, okay. These aren't oh, these, man. These aren't gonna be easy ones. So it's not gonna be like one in a million. <laughs> I would hope you give us a little Monica? more credit than that. <laughs> Is that Monica? I'm no. just kidding. Come Mon- on, man. Good God. All right, ready? Ready. Yep. First up, true to myself. Ooh. Uh, uh, guys, you're killing this us This is an R&B here. album? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. True to myself. It's a 90s album? Yes. A very... 
popular R and B artist who's still big today. I was gonna say Jesse Powell, but I guess that's no not him. play. Um, it's not Jesse Powell. <laughs> um, it's a debut album. Give me the. I year. got nothing. Nine. Uh, hold on. Nineteen ninety six. Oh my gosh! I should know this. I probably own this album. I have no idea. True it is myself. Eric Benet. Oh yes, you are. Oh, right. Man, you guys. Oh, that's credibility going down <laughs> I'm the slipping toilet. Slipping on my pimping. Yes. Right. Shout out to my man Eric Benet. I should have known that one. Next up is New Beginning. Oh, easy. That's the oh. movie. Yep, got it. Next up, Long Time No See. This is a tougher one, but. Ed, you should get this one. Yeah, it's vaguely familiar. Um, 1997, debut album. Uh, Kyle might be a little too young for this. Another clue? I was going to say as yet, but... No. (laughs) This artist artist hasn't put out an album since 2010. And he's bald. Chico the Bars. Yes. Go yes, got you got it. All right, next one, Fear of Flying. One. Oh, you know this one, Kyle. You got it? Come on. Yeah, he got it. Smooth okay. Jones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and one, Grammy one more. I got. Award. <laughs> one more, My Heart. Uh huh. Come on, y'all know this one. Don't know. Yep. yep. Even Kyle knew that one. <laughs> yep. So that wraps up that segment. Nice. You guys are pretty good. You gotta bring that We're feature not back. That was pretty good. I'll bring it back for the that next time. That was tough. Time. My brain hurts. That's t- that My is a tough. My brain hurts one. on that. One. <laughs> that is a tough one. Um, I want to go into the food discussion now. I actually have a couple of things in mind. I did a little bit of uh, reading. So, Ed, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how McDonald's is gonna have all day breakfast in Canada. Finally. Finally, I went and get, got my sausage egg McMuffin at uh, at like 10 p.m. Gave our <laughs> podcast a little shout out. Wow! Plugged it so that McDonald's could sponsor us. Still hasn't happened yet, but uh, some more McDonald news for you guys. So um, I think starting, I don't know when it was. I gotta check the article again. But they're actually gonna be implementing mobile ordering like they do at Starbucks. Really? And more importantly, they're they're gonna be doing home deliveries soon. Mm. Player, if you can't go and like go get your McGriddle, <laughs> and you gotta have it delivered at your door, like I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. I'm sure there's money to be made, but it's not a pizza. Good lord, you want a cold McGriddle delivered to your door? Um, it's gonna be soggy too by the time it gets there. That's gross. That's what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> but this is the future, I guess. So y'all have fun with that, but. Well, people don't want to leave the couch these days. They want to stay playing their games on their phone and their apps and their video games. You know, so that's that's what we need. Make people fatter. And have your cheeseburgers delivered to your door. What a world <laughs> we live in. <laughs> Man. Now, so what, um, an, another it, thing. I'll, go ahead, Tom. I was just thinking, like, my wife was looking up how to eat healthy at fast food restaurants. And I, I, don't, I don't even know what was on that list, but... McDonald's even had an entry on there, but that's another topic for another time. 
something that interests yeah, me, you as you know. Actually, you can actually do okay at most. I mean, you'll die if you ate it every day. But like, if you just had to eat something healthy at most places, you could do okay. Um, not at Subway, though. Can I uh, tell you guys about an article that was put together by the Canadian uh, news team oh. last week? Oh. They released a list of all the fast food chains analyzing the chicken in their burgers to see how much of it was actually chicken. This is going to scare some of you guys. Ask. So at the top of the list is actually McDonald's. They actually contain the most chicken in their chicken. <laughs> That's not good. Anyone want to take a guess on who's last? Um, Burger King? Do they even have chicken stuff? They probably don't even have chicken. They like, have chicken they fries, do. man. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. Even, <laughs> chicken I, even I know that. I know any good place Lord. that has chicken, just so you know. You Well, that is true. You would know that. <laughs> But I don't know who has the fakest chicken Subway. I, I don't know. It is actually Subway. It only contain it contains less than fifty percent chicken. The rest so of it is, is made up the, of soy. So it's like forty percent soy and ugh. I mean, I guess it's not rather that than mouse. So I guess it's okay. Yeah, but have you ever seen that? Have you guys had the chicken from Subway? It's like this white slab of. I don't even know what you would call it. It's pretty disgusting. You call it soy, apparently. <laughs> yep. It's pretty gross. We're definitely not getting sponsored by Subway anytime soon, though, after this conversation. <laughs> we no, are not getting not. sponsored by Subway Although, or T-Pain, trust me. <laughs> Although, Subway's uh, Chipotle Southwest sauce is pretty good. I'm going to have to let is. y'all ride on this Subway thing, because it's not my bag. What about I, the cookies, we're doing though? subs... <laughs> Haven't you had the Subway cookies? No. Like, yep. what? Oh, oh, man. They're pretty good. I'm, su- you pretty good. I'm surprised you ate cookies, player. I know. This was about 10 years ago, but I, rem- I still remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they don't even sell cookies at this point. <laughs> Always a fun time with man. the food discussions. So- Good times. So, um, Ed, what's going on with uh, SoInStereo.com right now? Well, um, if you missed it last week, as as you would probably expect, we had a nice tribute to the notorious one, B.I.G. So go to the site, check out nine of his most underrated verses. You know, everybody knows Hypnotize and Juicy and that stuff. But Biggie did a lot of guest verses that people miss. So I kind of highlighted a few of those. And because it's Biggie, of course, every verse he spit is awesome. And going into next week, we'll probably have another Love Letters discussion because it's been a long time since we've had one of those. And people love those things. They're like, when are you doing another Love Letters? It's coming, homie. Hold on. And we'll probably have some reviews coming out now that we have some albums dropping in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned to Soul and Stereo and United Got Soul because got some reviews coming. Can what I tell we- you guys a story? Go for it. Some girl the other day invited me to Netflix and chill, and I ran the other way. Oh man, what? Because this haven't I taught you better? (laughs) I ran. I ran the other way. I was like, nope, not happening. Why did you run the other way? (laughs) Uh, It's a long story. She had just gone out of a relationship with her boyfriend, and 
it seemed like danger all all around. Well, play, you got to trust your instinct. So if it was seeming <laughs> like danger, maybe it's best to probably was yourself. danger. <laughs> <laughs> she actually I'm used still a lot of mad right, you missed Tom. out on that though. She actually used the term Netflix and no, chill. She, that seems a little desperate. She she didn't use the chill part, but she said she said Netflix. Said it was like eleven thirty p.m. Wow! Oh, you know, yeah, the, the, the chill is inferred at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, I was it, um <laughs> at home. <laughs> I was at home playing my PS4, and I got that text. What? Well, <laughs> that was bad. That's slightly classier than uh, you up text, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you got that going. Player, I am so glad yeah. I got out of the dating game before 2017 social media because I would not be able to keep up. <laughs> Sliding in everyone's DMs. <laughs> Ugh. Apparently, Tyrese doesn't know how to use DMs, so you <laughs> just put the post on your Instagram. Actually, actually, that's not true, Kyle. He's DM'd us before. <laughs> right? He does. He Tyrese DM'd, DM'd us. us all the time. Well, he just DMs us when he needs us to post something on the site for him. Uh-huh, I bet. Yep. <laughs> but when he wants yep. the world to know that he has Joe's number, he puts it out on the front street. Play it, please. Well, Tom, what's going on with you? know I got so. I know we interviewed uh, Claude Kelly and Chuck, Har- Chuck Harmony recently. Yeah, we did that recently. Um, another Soul Village is coming up this week. Um Kind of slow. I mean, I was at, I was at Kevin Ross's uh, album release event. He always shows us a lot of love. Uh, trying to get this Trey Songs interview locked up. We'll see. This will be our first time if that goes down, so we'll see. Other than that, I mean, it's just been really slow with R&B, man. I, I said it was going to be a slow year, and I don't even have much to post on the site on a daily basis. It's crazy. So we'll keep moving, seeing what we can do. Cool. So that seems to be it for this week of the podcast. It was great. We talked about Subway. We talked about Tyrese and we talked about the DMs. So (laughs) until next time, uh, this is Kyle, Ed, and Tom signing out. Peace. Peace. All right.